Hi, this is Ellie Fishman, and uh, welcome to our latest vodcast. And I call this Select Topics in uh, Multi Detector CT, August 2010. But really, what I should call it is uh, my uh, analysis of the ACR appropriateness criteria on Crohn's disease. And I think all of you are aware that the ACR has many appropriateness criteria for many different things. And I think as uh, insurance gets tighter and as people are looking for better ways of managing how we use imaging, this will become more important. And this topic really was just published in the Journal of American College of Radiology, so it's a new update on the criteria. So we'll ask a simple question. What are the current recommendations for the patient with known or suspected Crohn's disease and increasing abdominal pain? And this article just published um, discusses the usefulness of both traditional and newer imaging techniques in the management of Crohn's disease and its various clinical presentations. Now, Crohn's disease is not an uncommon thing in our practice. Patients present as having known Crohn's disease. We're evaluating them for complications. Also, patients present with abdominal pain of onan etiology, and CT is the first exam often to make that specific diagnosis. So just some numbers, uh, Crohn's disease, small bowel is affected alone in about one-third of cases, typically distal small bowel, colon alone is affected in about 20 to 30% of cases, and concurrent involvement of both small and large bowel occurs in about 40 to 50% of cases. There are many different findings in terms of the bowel. There's transmural granulomatous inflammation. There are deep ulcers that may progress to sinus tract or fistula formation, one of the real problems with Crohn's disease that we're all aware of. You may develop strictures, which may eventually lead to obstruction and, in fact, a need for surgery. And one thing about Crohn's disease compared to other IBDs is that skip lesions are indeed common. Crohn's disease also involves the extraintestinal areas, arthritis, colithiasis, dermatologic disorders, and ocular manifestations are all things that we see. The arthritis and the colithiasis are things very commonly seen on imaging, particularly if you're doing CT. Now, um, when you read this article, and uh, Huprick was the uh, lead author, made a very important statement. It is no longer sufficient for radiologists to only detect the presence of Crohn's disease. They must accurately assess its subtype, location, and severity. Okay? Very, very important. Detection alone is not enough. Something we say is true in many things we do within radiology. So if you're looking at Crohn's disease, there are many different options. The classic ones they've looked at were CT enterography, dedicated CT exam, X-ray small bowel follow-through, a very classic examination, routine CT of the abdomen, typically meaning positive contrast, contrast enemas, MRI, meaning MR enterography, ultrasound, and nuclear medicine studies. And we'll focus on CT because as I show you the results of the uh, survey, and remember when you do the appropriateness criteria, there are a number of people on the panel, and they each vote, and you try to reach a consensus uh, between one and nine, nine being the best study, one being the uh, least useful study, and often things are in between. So if I speak about CT, let me just make the point, because if you look at this list, they list both CT enterography and CT of the abdomen routine. And when you talk about CT of the abdomen routine in Crohn's disease, what they were typically talking about is the study where you give oral contrast, typically a positive contrast agent. You also give IV contrast, or you could do it with water as a contrast agent. So that's sort of their uh, routine. And then CT enterography is typically, some people do with water. The more and more people now use volumen to do it. And uh, there you give it typically, our protocol is uh, 
two bottles each over 10-minute periods, followed by another bottle of water, and then scanning the patient in about 30 minutes with IV contrast. Very important in looking at Crohn's disease that you, if you're doing CT that you use oral contrast as well as IV contrast. So let's look at the results and then I'll show you some examples. Um, I focused on the adults. There was also some comment on pediatric patients, and I'll show you one part of that. And so the feeling was initial presentation, which means you don't have a diagnosis of Crohn's disease, but Crohn's disease is suspected. CT enterography was a 9. That's the highest rating you can get. And then you can see small bowel follow-through was second, and routine CT of the abdomen was third. Just a very nice, very clear-cut findings. Okay? Remember that one. Now, if you had Crohn's disease and you had known Crohn's, now you had fever, increasing pain, you were worrying about a complication, there they rated CT of the abdomen, the routine abdomen, which means to us water and IV contrast as the highest. And they thought enterography was good, but it might be overkill. Again, radiation dose. MR enterography and CT enterography were both rated a 7. And you can see the other studies, typical x-ray examinations, had a lower rating in the 5 category. Uh, another example they used, Crohn's disease with mild symptoms. Again, in that scenario, looking for complications, enterography CT was number one, and MR enterography was number two. So you can see very, very clear-cut that CT is the winner. The real question is enterography versus standard CT, and enterography is being used when you need more detail. Now, in pediatric patients, uh, they mentioned that CT routine abdomen was the best way to go. Um, I think the issue here was uh, the concern about radiation in those patients, but again, uh, something very important to, uh, to remember. And in conclusion, currently CT is the initial imaging technique of choice in suspected Crohn's disease complications for both adults and children. In one large study of 80 patients, CT detected unsuspected findings that led to changes of medical and surgical management in 28% of cases. So, again, you can see that this study really picks CT as the ideal study. So let me show you some examples. Classic CT of the abdomen, positive contrast, Crohn's disease, wall thickening over 3 millimeters, usually about 10 millimeters. The thickening is often symmetric. You see the case in cross-section. The segments can be long in this case of distal small bowel. You may see some inflammation. You may see increased fiber fatty proliferation. Another example, you can see the nice symmetric wall thickening. Again, very nicely shown with positive contrast. And you can see in the coronal view really the full extent and also the increased abdominal fat. Another example, here the patient had Crohn's disease, but these very, very thick folds. It almost looks like other types of uh, IBD, even something like sprue, but very large folds, and I'll show you the example. In this case, the positive contrast indeed worked very nicely. Could you do as well with neutral contrast? The answer is yes, but again, positive contrast is something that's very reasonable, particularly if you're looking at fistulae. Now, what about CT enterography? See, the key with CT enterography is distension of bowel with fluid, so you're looking at wall enhancement. When you're giving IV contrast, it's hard to look at wall enhancement. Also with CT enterography, you need to be beyond the axial plane. And here you can see just two images. There is increased enhancement and thickening of distal small bowel, but now as we put it into coronal plane, look at that loop right in the midline that's dilated and then narrowed and thickened and there's increased enhancement when I show it to you in 3D. 
That's what CT enterography does very well. Very good for looking at strictures. Here's another image, and here's the circle around it. Very good for looking at strictures, changes in caliber. Another example, thickened terminal ilium. You can see on the coronal particularly the irregularity of the wall. There's a feces sign, which is typically due to strictures in small bowel. Here it is with volume rendering, very nicely showing you the thickened bowel. And then remember with Crohn's you get increased hyperemia, the vasa recta get thickened, and you can see the prominent vasa recta. And if we focus on the ileum, which is really thickened, and target the ileocecal valve, you can see very nicely here the increased enhancement, the stricture at the ileocecal valve. This is where CT enterography is ideal. And here's just one more set of images. Okay, very nicely. Now, you notice that there was also comments uh, uh, looking at MR enterography, and we'll speak about that in a moment. But here is just an article by Hara making the point that CT enterography has excellent potential for uh, monitoring Crohn's disease and progression. And uh, also, they made the point here that CT was very good for looking at uh, progression of disease. And what happens with CT looking at progression, we look at uh, the patient's activity, disease activity. When you have prominent vasa recta, the thickening, the, the prominent, it means the disease is active. So just a very, very nice example. You can see here, and you can see here as well, the really thickened bowel, the marked uh, increase in the vasa recta. Just beautiful example, and MIP imaging is particularly strong in this scenario. Another example, very prominent uh, vessels, branches, particularly iliocolic vessels, to the right lower quadrant, Look at the very small vasa recta, so nicely seen. It means the patient has active disease, and the internist will treat this patient more aggressively. Very nice example. And the spectrum is also shown in this case, another CT enterography case. Look at the thickened ileum. Look how it enhances. So you have that hyperemia. You have the prominent vasa recta. Look at those vessels. You have the thickening, and you have the stricturing. So again, a combination of uh, basically what ends up being CT enterography, which includes CT angiography. Very nice visualization of the distal bowel. And you can see again, you can see it in the axial images, but one would have to admit it's much easier to see the full extent for the surgeon, for the radiologist, when you're looking at the coronal views. Very nicely seen there. Another example. Again, the hyperemia, the thickening, the symmetric wall thickening, coronal view, volume rendering really gives you that depth. Volume rendering is on the left here. You really get that hyperemia, which you can see particularly well on the MIP imaging. The MIP also shows you the vasa recta. Now, we've spoken and articles have mentioned the point about looking at the uh, uh, fact that 3D mapping works so much better. Here's a patient with thick and small bowel, and you should recognize the axial imaging, but you really appreciate in the coronal, the narrowing, the strictures, the hyperemia, very much easier to see and define extent, and surely in preoperative surgical planning, it works nicely. Patients with Crohn's disease, we mentioned that CT is good for complications, and one might be small bowel obstruction, looking at whether or not the patient needs surgery. So axial images show you the dilated bowel and you see the thickened ileum, but take that into the 3D map. Look at the marked dilatation. Look at the marked thickening of the ileum, a long segment of disease with a stricture. Unfortunately, this patient will need surgery, and you can see it very nicely here. Look at the prominent vasa recta, 
just a very nice example and again take that with both volume rendering and MIP so very very nice detail and here's just a couple more images so these are the really nice examples with CT enterography uh, works very very well another example a number of articles I mentioned before talk about activity based on enhancement and here's just one more axial positive in this case I want to show you how you build so the axial was positive but look at the coronal look at the thickening of the bowel look at the extent of involvement now we take that to MIP look at the prominent vasorecta and the abnormal bowel enhancement and we can target that even a little bit more there and then we can go further and put that in volume rendering and look how nicely we see the thickened bowel, the prominent vasorecta, all of the key findings. There's no abscess present, there's no fistula, but this patient has active disease and needs to be treated aggressively. And just one more example. Again, look at the enhancement of the bowel. Again, coronal display, prominent vasorecta, irregularity of the bowel, thickening of the bowel, dilatation of the bowel approximately, just very nice examples. And I'm showing you a number of images because I really want you to... Uh, get a good feel of what the capabilities are and what we're trying to see and this is the reason that CT indeed was rated so highly and again just going through a few additional images okay basically almost looks like targeted small bowel compression films and again combination of volume rendering and MIP works particularly nicely I especially like the uh, volume rendering for the bowel wall and the MIP often for the vasorecta as you can see here and one more example, small bowel obstruction. Uh, one of the nice things is with small bowel obstruction is fluid in bowel. And CT works very well in the presence of fluid, particularly with IV contrast. And here you can see very nicely the markedly thickened, the dilated loop of bowel, and the very, very prominent distal transition, which was a stricture. And this patient eventually went to surgery. So you can see that very, very nice example there. Okay, what else? Complications, I'll just show one example, a nice case of a pelvic abscess. Again, you don't need positive contrast to make that diagnosis. The enhancing bowel, and you can see this amorphous fluid collection in the pelvis, which is a well-defined abscess. I will admit at times, positive contrast is particularly good for looking at fistulae. So if you're looking for fistula from bowel to bladder or from bowel to bowel, positive contrast at times may be more helpful. Now, there were some articles. In the article, you notice MR enterography. Um, here's one article. MR enterography and CT enterography have similar sensitivities for detecting active uh, bowel inflammation, but image quality across the cohort study was better with CT. Now, what's the downside of CT? The downside of CT, of course, is the radiation, and this article does mention the radiation. Two recent articles do show that you can help decrease radiation in Crohn's disease by doing some very uh, careful monitoring of the study. Here was an article by Allen. Substantial dose reduction can be achieved using weight-based quality reference MAS and altering the automatic exposure control settings without affecting diagnostic efficiency in active Crohn's disease of the terminal ileum. And in fact, in this article, they were able to decrease dose by about uh, 40%. And of course, they made the point that at times, not everybody liked the images as much. There was subjective image quality compromise, potentially, 
But their conclusion was, despite a significant reduction in perceived quality, diagnostic efficacy in detecting active IBD, the terminal ileum was not significantly reduced by the dose reduction methods. But again, remember, talking about the ileum, so selectively you can reduce dose, but you need to be careful that you don't reduce the information. There was another article recently by Cam Batacorny, who made the point, and this was sort of simulating low dose, that they were able to reduce in Crohn's disease the uh, dose to the patient without compromising image uh, information, and they were able to get a 31 to 64% dose reduction. Um, again, this was a simulated taking data sets and making them noisier, but again, it makes the point that we don't always need the top-of-the-line radiation dose, particularly if you're doing follow-up studies. You probably can lower the dose in these patients. So again, I started with the question, what are the current recommendations for the patients with suspected or known Crohn's disease? Well, I've shown you that the conclusion is that CT is the way to go. I've shown you how to do CT. I've reviewed many of the CT criteria, and hopefully this will be of help to you. And with that, I thank you for your attention.